We received some big news last night. The UAW has reached a tentative agreement with Ford after 41 days of selected targeted striking. For months, we've said that record profits mean record contracts. And UAW family, our stand-up strike has delivered. United Auto Workers President Sean Fain and Vice President Chuck Browning took to social media to announce the tentative agreement to members. Everything we did at the bargaining table, every extra hundred million we got the company to give up was because of you, the members. And the next steps are also up to you because the members are the highest authority in our union. We send this contract to you because we know it breaks records. So what's in the agreement? And what does this mean for the other two Detroit automakers, GM and Stellantis? This is Stateside. I'm April Baer. Detroit Free Press reporter Phoebe Wall-Howard has been covering the UAW strikes. Hey, Phoebe, thanks for being here. Thank you. So Sean Fain, in a video that he recorded with one of his top negotiators to explain to members what was going on, cast this moment as as a checkmate that the expansion of strikes this week at sites belonging to General Motors and Stellantis really was what moved Ford to to do the things that were necessary at the bargaining table to get a deal. Phoebe, do you have any insight into whether that is the method that actually got the two sides to a meeting point? Well, that was one piece of it. Absolutely. The UAW launched uh, an expanded strike against Stellantis on Monday in Detroit and on Tuesday against General Motors in Arlington, Texas. Not only were those compelling actions, but the word on the street and in the factories was that targeted um, expansion was expected in Dearborn, Michigan at Dearborn Truck. And that's where they build the F-150, and that is a highly profitable factory. We were on standby to go. Uh, We heard from multiple sources that that was ready. That's also the day that talks really accelerated with Ford ending with the tentative agreement. But absolutely, it was possible there was going to be a day one, day two, day three strike expansion, and Ford disrupted that plan came to the table and uh, brought closure to the situation. Wow. Let's talk about what's in the tentative agreement with Ford a bit. There's an 11% your team reports for wages in the first year, and over the life of a a four-and-a-half-year contract, a 25% wage increase. Uh, do Do you have a sense of which side appears to have moved farther from their original position? Ford has been a leader in terms of the automakers. But in terms of the UAW, of course, you have members who very much want a 40% wage increase. This is 25% with other elements that bring in more money. So what the UAW leaders have said is while it is 25%, they're looking at other ways to add things up for both retirees, temporary workers, and vacation time. Also, two weeks paid family time. So not just maternity leave, but paternity leave. That is new. Wow. Has that ever happened to Ford Motor Company before? 
Ford, again, this is a bargained issue and things we hear that people get different time off in different circumstances, but this is something that the UAW has spotlighted, uh, making available for everybody. We are not aware that that has been the plan in the past at all. It very much reflects new times and that's a big deal. In addition, the UAW added the Juneteenth holiday, a lot of holidays uh, added. So things that in the private sector you may not get. Again, this goes to overall pay and how many hours you're working. If you're being paid for more time off, that was a factor. Another point in the tentative agreement involves cost of living adjustments. Uh, Forgive me for not being up to speed in the language, but would that mean for retirees or for everybody? Yes, We will find out in coming days the detail. So what the UAW said Wednesday is here are a few highlights. They are going to dig deep with their members. There are a lot of nuances. You have different kinds of retirees. And frankly, when I say current and former retired employees, you also have different formulas that will kick in in terms of how raises bonuses, and added monies will work. So there is so much in here in terms of overall raises, wage progressions, benefits lost and reinstated. This is, by every measure, a very impressive offer, you know, cumulatively raising the top wage by more than 30% to more than $40 an hour, you know, incredible health care coverage, starting wage now exceeds $28 an hour, things like that. So Ford is out front. They want to shut this down, the strike, and get back to work. They have trucks to build, and this is costing hundreds of millions of dollars. Workers went right back uh, into the factories. The strike line was shut down. And General Motors and Stellantis workers are watching that. So you've got thousands of people still on the strike line. They've said to me and our team, Uh, They are desperately hoping for resolution. Nobody wants to be out there on the strike line at Thanksgiving. There was also a part of the the learning, I guess, of some recent union actions that we've seen across the continent is that your tentative agreement means nothing if if rank and file union members will not vote to approve. I noticed there's a $5,000 ratification bonus here. For the layperson, I assume that's meant to be frosting on the cake uh, to to improve chances of a positive approval vote. Yes. Ratification bonuses are standard and very, very important to the members. So it is an extra perk that's obviously in addition to profit sharing and other things. Like I said, the recipe for money on this, you know, when people say it's a 25 percent wage increase and people want 40 percent, you have to look at all the other elements that are added in there because they add up to quite a lot. Um, you know, Ford Motor Company estimated that with benefits and hourly wages and all sorts of new negotiated perks, it averages probably $150,000 per worker. Wow. So it is, um, like I said, an unprecedented package based on what both sides have said. Phoebe, in the early days of the strike, I spoke with a number of UAW workers who said that absolutely wages matter, and it was a big part of what was on their minds that really needed to get resolved in this negotiation, but also just deep concern for the tier system that made a big difference of 
who got paid over time and and the degree to they got paid. It, it may be a while before we understand all the nuances of this contract, but do you have any sense of what's in there that might address those concerns? One thing that's very important is that Ford Motor Company has had the fewest temporary workers. In auto world, temporary means you can work for a company one to 10 years, but you have to do cumulative time to go to full time. So you could work for seven months and then they lay you off for a couple weeks and then the clock resets when you come back again. So what's happening now is that workers working side by side will no longer be paid at different rates. Um, This is very important for the UAW and Ford has agreed to get rid of the tier system and uh, pay workers side by side the same rates. So they've worked to kill the pay rates for workers, the different tiers, and uh, that's a big win for the UAW. We need to take a break. When we come back, what workers are saying and what Ford's tentative agreement means for the other two Detroit automakers. Stick around. Phoebe, when is the ratification vote? They're looking to, uh, they'll be having meetings this week. We'll have an update on Sunday. Uh, Normally the ratification will take a number of days because it involves question, answer, and sit down with members all over the country. So first the union local officials will review it before it's sent to members. So this is all unfolding within a matter, I'd say over the next week. I remember uh, something that that Bill Ford said earlier this month. He was making a public statement, uh, which which he has not done a ton of during the course of this strike. And, you know, casting himself as someone who who cares about workers, who is an ally. He, you know, he said, I don't see workers as an enemy. Do you find overall that the tone that Ford has taken during the course of this is any kind of radical departure in how Ford has been talking to union leaders in years past? So long ago, Ford was the strongest opponent of the UAW, um, and they had an awful reputation. Under Bill Ford, the former CEO and executive chair, and for decades, Ford has worked to heal those relationships and has been strident about its support of the UAW. So, for example, in off years, when no one is talking about the contract, anytime Ford has an accomplishment, what's very noticeable and unusual is the executives will praise and thank UAW rank and file workers and their leadership, but they do it every day, every week, every month when there is no contract. They will say, we can't have these successes. When they win awards, executives go to a stage and the first people they think are the factory workers. That's very unusual uh, for automakers. They just don't incorporate that into their everyday language. That's something that Bill Ford feels very strongly about that crediting the people who build the products and doing it all the time, not just during contract negotiations. But he feels he takes this personally. He has said that, you know, he has personal relationships with factory workers. His kids have personal relationships with children of factory workers. 
but his family has been in the city long enough that he really does characterize it as a family. It's very different than a typical corporation. Right. There's a lot we can say about the new leadership at the UAW, but I suspect that's a conversation for another day. Uh, Keeping on with what's going on with Ford, have you detected about how the strike has has taken a toll on operations? I mean, there's the immediate problem of, you know, a number of important factories not running. But can you tell any tangible difference in how the company's doing financially? Well, the quarterly earnings report, of course, happens Thursday afternoon. We'll find out more later today. So keep in mind that third quarter only included two weeks of the strike. This will be hundreds of millions of dollars, though, hundreds of millions of dollars that the strike cost companies. So it's a hard hit. But incredibly, the number of strikers is half what it was four years ago. So the union has accomplished what appears to be more gains with fewer workers on strike because of the strategic targeting. So Ford has losses financially, having shut down the factories. That's a big loss and a cost. But we'll find out more shortly because they will release those numbers. We only have estimates now. That's that's really fascinating. The workers that you and your colleagues spoke with for for the most recent stories about the tentative agreement sounded extremely relieved. 41 days is is a long time to just have this kind of uncertainty, even if it's not your plant that's that's walked. I'm curious about the economic toll this is having on them, people having to pick up other side hustles, people having to feeling like waiting to see what would happen was too much and maybe thinking about other work or people running into problems with their mortgage or their rent. I haven't talked to anybody that was caught off guard because the UAW was very careful to do strike training and talk to people starting last year about budgeting their money and about talking with banks about house payments and how those payments might be delayed. It was a comprehensive deep dive on strike preparation that very much involved um, you know, inoculating members financially. Having said that, I spoke to people who changed the meals they were feeding their families uh, much cheaper and trying to eat many more leftovers. Uh, they cut out activities with the families, and others have said, you know, they've worked to save for months and cut out things they would normally do. But while this has living on $500 a week it is not easy, and that, of course, is before taxes are taken out, um, that the members say that this is worth it, but it's hitting them hard. Uniformly, members are united about getting deals at all three automakers, but They also are united about this is hitting them hard. They're really eager to get back. They're unified with the strike, but they're unified in the opinion that they want to be back at work. What they also realize is there will be more overtime uh, to catch up where the strike has taken place. So while that's good financially, it's also sometimes quite exhausting. You know, these are people that will work 10, 12 and 14 hours in a, a grueling setting. I can only imagine. I don't know who needs to hear this. It's pretty well understood in the auto industry. But isn't Ford generally uh, something of a bellwether and how the other contracts uh, are going to look? We heard on the strike line from members that Ford really is considered um, the one that sets a pattern for the companies, that it would 
you know, offer what it could, and when it couldn't spend any more, it would be transparent about that. And so I heard that from employees at General Motors and Stellantis, as well as Ford, but very much considered the leader on this and that others would fall into place. Remember, in Canada, Unifor negotiated a deal with Ford immediately. They went then to General Motors, who balked, and Unifor, the union, said, if Ford can afford this, so can you. After one shift on strike, General Motors stepped into place and had a tentative agreement with Unifor. So again, Ford is very much looked to as the one that sets the pattern and the standard for what's possible. Do you think it's true that the Detroit Three are more or less on equal ground, financially speaking? No. Uh, I think that the Detroit Three are very different, financially speaking, in terms of um, earnings, in terms of profits, in terms of revenues, in terms of expenses. Uh, You know, Stellantis is doing very, very well. Mary Barra noted in her earnings this week that they're doing well. The UAW said, you know, it wasn't a coincidence that they called a strike right after earnings, that, you know, they bragged about how much they had, and, uh, and the UAW felt that a little more could be shared. Ford, meanwhile, does spend more money on the cost of recalls and warranties, more than any other automaker in the world. And they spend billions of dollars on those, what I would call, unforced errors. So it's literally billions of dollars spent on fixing vehicles and warranties that the others don't have to spend. And that, that hurts Ford. And that's the Stateside Podcast. I'm April Baer. You can find full Stateside shows at michiganradio.org. Also, did you know that we have a new podcast series? It's called Doe Dynasty, all about Michigan pizza history. You can binge that whole thing right now. Just go find it and subscribe. Today's pod was produced by Rachel Ishikawa, our podcast editor. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Ronia Kabansag, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our intern is Olivia Meradian. Our executive producer is Laura Weber Davis. Music for the podcast comes from Blue Dot Sessions and from Audio Network. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.